Welcome to the Tips in Salsa podcast, your local source for chips, salsa, and instructional technology happenings within the Redlands Unified School District. And here are your hosts, Jamie Quartz, Dwayne Coles, Nicole House, Caleb Rothy, and Jen Vadney. Hello, Redlands teachers and staff. Welcome to the first episode of Season 2 of the Tips and Salsa podcast. If you're new to our podcast, we'd like to extend a special welcome to you and hope you'll find this informative and entertaining. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm here today with our tech coaches, Caleb. Hello. Jen. Hey. And Nicole. Hi, everybody. So to kick off season two, we've decided to make this a news and updates edition of the podcast, as a lot has changed since we left off at the end of last school year. Well, one thing that hasn't changed is our custom of having tips and salsa, chips and salsa every time we're together. So this morning we do have some chips from Trader Joe's. They're the restaurant style white corn tortilla chips. What do you guys think about that? They're fabulous. And to pair it, we went with, oh, we got our first party foul here. So, yeah. Um, We are pairing this today with a family friendly. Bloody Mary salsa. We're, t- we're recording a little bit earlier than usual, so it, we went with a brunch <laughs> salsa. Brunch so, salsa. Yeah. A little V8 hint to this. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. nice though, right? It's what do you guys delicious. Think? It is good. Yeah, it's mm. different than usual. Mm-hmm. The chips have a little bit of a lime flavor to them, so the pairing is really nice. Nice. Yes, yeah. it goes well together. Before we get going with the tips and salsa update, mm. we do have a special message we'd like to share with you from our very own superintendent, Mauricio Ariano. So, take it away, Mauricio. Well, good morning, everybody. Just want to wish everybody uh, welcome back to the 2019-20 school year. Appreciate all the hard work that you've put forth in preparing uh, for this school year and welcoming your students back into your classroom and your parents. I'm really looking forward to uh, being at all the school sites, visiting uh, the different programs, and looking at all of the innovation that is occurring across the district. Uh, I want to thank everybody for trying new things and taking risks and learning 21st century um, uh, learning uh, tools and strategies. Uh, I really look forward to uh, seeing the work that you and your students are going to do to meet the enhanced uh, learning through innovation as part of our RUSD 2025 Excellence for All Students. Hope you have a great year. All right, so let's turn our attention now to some of the tips and some of the updates and uh, some of the features that have rolled out in the last couple of months that we wanted to share with everybody. I'll kind of kick this off. Um, We are really excited that we have rolled out a tremendous number of Chromebooks all across the district. Um, And I believe, Jamie, am I correct? All of the ones that have been ordered have rolled out now at this point. They're all in classrooms right now as we speak. Fantastic. So um, if you don't have one of the Chromebooks, just so that everybody's aware, these have rolled out to all second through fifth grades in our elementary schools and replaced the old Windows machines. And all secondary ELA, math, and social studies classrooms have these Chromebooks as well. So a much-needed refresh for the devices in these classrooms um, and great new tools. All of the other grades that didn't get Chromebooks have had um, recent Windows laptop purchases within the last couple of years. So um, those devices are still still going well. Can I just say, Caleb, that I, I literally got an email from a fifth grader at Cram saying how much he loves the Chrome. It was, it was oh, the cutest thing ever. nice. It's Very changed nice. my life. Thank you so much. <laughs> These are the greatest things ever. Thank you. It was 
really That's sweet fabulous. and cute. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. And we've heard from a ton of teachers, too, that are excited about these and ready to get going. Um, we know a lot have already done that and are already using it daily with their students. Uh, but we've also had several reach out and said, hey, I've got these. I'm excited, but I, I don't know what to do. I, I booted it up, and I realized it works a little bit differently than the Windows computers that I'm used to. Um, so we wanted to share a couple of tips in this regard. Uh, the first thing is, yes, Chromebooks do work a little differently than a traditional Windows or Mac computer. Um, if you're new to the Chrome operating system, you basically want to think of it as just a web browser. That's all the computer does is it runs basically a web browser. Um, there are some apps that can run on it kind of like a, an Android app. There's you know calculator and camera and that kind of stuff in the background but mostly all the interaction that you're going to do is go to websites or use uh, web apps or web docs or things like that and that plays very nicely with the G Suite adoption that we've been working on over the last couple of years. So that's nice. Um, one of the things that you'll probably need as a teacher, though, is kind of a getting started guide. And we have put together one of those for you. Um, we are calling it kind of internally How to Chromebook. It's your how-to guide for all things Chromebook. And that is available on our Tech Coach website. Um, the link to that website will be available in the show notes. So if you pull those up, you'll be able to see a direct link there. Or if you want, um, while you're listening to the podcast, you can just head to bit.ly slash R-U-S-D tech. That's our main tech coach website that Nicole, Jen, and myself uh, maintain and update and put a ton of resources up there. So there's a wealth of stuff for you. Uh, but if you head there and you look for the Chromebook part, that's where you can find the How to Chromebook guide, um, as well as like there's a getting to know you scavenger hunt for Chromebooks and a classroom poster that you can print out and all that good stuff. I, I got a question. So you mentioned that it's it's all online and like a web browser and everything. And, of course, when, when we save things, it goes to the drive. But what about downloads? Because when I'm downloading stuff, where does that where do those downloads live and how do I get to those downloads? That's a great question. There is on the Chromebooks, there is some local storage. Um, it's in an app called Files. So for that, you'd have to go to the app menu. And if you're not sure where to get to that, um, again, just head to our website, grab the How to Chromebook guide, and we've got a little diagram there. Um, but if you head to the app portion and you find the files icon, that will show you basically what the files are that are downloaded on the computer. From there, you can access your Google Drive, which is, again, living up in the cloud. So it's just a link to the, the cloud-based version of that. But you'll also see a little folder there with all the downloads. So if cool. you download anything cool. on your Chromebook, it's there. And you can also even take it from downloads and you can move it to your Google Drive if you'd like to save it permanently and have it accessible on more than just that one computer. Yes, yeah, so like anything, just a learning curve, but it'll be sec second nature to all of us. Absolutely. And we know there'll be some growing pains. You know, this is going to be new for all of us as, as educators, obviously, uh, but it'll be new for our students as well. We've heard from a lot of teachers that have remarked, uh, you know, they rolled out the, the Chromebooks to their classroom and they didn't feel like the most comfortable person in the world, but the students took to it. Yeah. Um, really quickly and, and we're showing their teacher like no here's how you do this and you move over here and so um, we know there'll be a little Love bit that. of a learning curve but uh, we hope that that curve will be fairly shallow and, and we'll get over that hump pretty quickly. Ask a third grader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag ask a third grader. <laughs> Um, I do want to mention on that how-to Chromebook guide, it really is a guide designed for teachers. We kind of put it together with the teacher in mind. Um, but if you get that and you give it a quick read, I think it's only a couple of pages long, um, that really will allow you to look like an expert in front of right. all of your students. There's right. not a whole lot to this. You just have to you know, take 10 minutes to kind of explore and learn some basics. Um, but just a, a real quick overview of what's in there. We have sections on logging in. 
Um, adding users, so you can have multiple students. Let's say you're a secondary teacher and you have five periods, you can have five different students that all use that same Chromebook every day. Um, menu options, like how to navigate the menu, general usability tips for those devices. Uh, and another one that I think is key is touchpad skills on there. Um, if you've never played with a Chromebook before, you'll find out pretty quickly it works a little differently than what you're used to. Like for instance, there's no right click button on the trackpad, but there is a way to get those right click features. Um, for instance, that one is just a two finger tap. If you tap two fingers on the trackpad, that gets you all the right click options. So we have a quick little guide that will tell you all of those little trackpad shortcuts um, so that you can really get the full usability out of that device pretty quickly. So definitely check that out. Um, again, it's available on our Tech Coach website. Um, it's live linked there so that you can just always click it and pull it up in your browser. Or if you want to print it out and have a, a standalone copy just kind of next to you while you're introducing it to your students, that'd be a great tool for you. Um, on that front, I do want to mention one last thing on the Chromebooks. Um, we have a couple of teachers that have reached out and said, hey, help, um, you know, I got these things last year and I didn't assign a specific device to a specific student and so I have this list when you go to like what user it is, there's like 20 students logged in there. Um, and so one of our first recommendations is it's a good best practice to make sure that each student is assigned a specific device. So uh, student A always grabs laptop 17 and logs into that, that's a good idea. Even if you teach multiple periods, it's a good thing that only one student in each of those classes has laptop 17 assigned to them. Uh, another good best practice is at the end of each year, really you only have to do this once a year, um, would be to go in and to delete all of those student profiles. It's really easy right there from the login screen to be able to click the little down arrow and delete profiles that will no longer be used anymore. Helps to free up just a little bit of space on those devices so that the student user profiles aren't saved locally on that memory. Um, so again, not something you have to do um, weekly by any means, just you know, once a year clean out all those old accounts that might have gotten on there for some reason or another and aren't using the device regularly. That's a good best practice. Nice. And anybody can do that. It doesn't require a login to do it. Absolutely. One of the, the tips that we have is um, if you're a student that's got like a, a TA assigned to one of your classes, just show your TA how to do this on one device and then let them you know, work through it during a couple of class yeah. periods. And then everything's all cleaned up and ready to go. So that's a good um, thing to do at the end of a school year or at the beginning of a school year as you're about ready to launch everything with your students. Perfect. Cool. Thanks, Caleb. All right. Thank you, Caleb. I think this is where I'm going to jump in. Um, the tech department is also trying out some new software on these secondary Chromebooks this year, um, and that software is GoGuardian. And there are two parts to this software. First part is GoGuardian Admin, and that runs the filtering and monitoring, uh, which is done at the district office, and it's, it's just like iBoss. iBoss is for Windows computers, and GoGuardian Admin is for the Chromebooks, the secondary Chromebooks. Part two of this wonderful program is GoGuardian Teacher which allows teachers to monitor class devices, send students to specific websites, see what websites students are on, and create limited browsing scenarios. It's kind of like a peace of mind for teachers. Um, we are trying it out in secondary classrooms with Chromebook this year, and if all goes well, hope to transition to these tools for all Chromebooks. Right, Jamie? Yeah. And um, if you just look at it this way, we've been on iBoss for a long time in this district and we have 21,000-ish laptops out there and GoGuardian is brand new so the thinking is if we just cold turkey dropped iBoss and just went to GoGuardian on 21,000 computers without really testing it out, see how it works for us, 
testing it out with you know certain groups of students that that would be a little much so the the thinking was to try it out with secondary right for a certain amount of time work out all the kinks um, see how it compares to iBoss and then slowly transition the rest of the, the machines to, to Google Guardian so um, again if, if you're hearing that hey some people have it some don't that's a true statement but you know, we, we just, we're just trying to take it responsibly and thoughtfully before we just go for the full transition. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. yeah. All right. So secondary teachers, you can go <clears throat> to the Go Guardian part of our website, um, bit.ly forward slash RUSD tech for additional details, including our step-by-step -step guide and workshop dates and times. We view GoGuardian as fantastic instruction software, more than just monitoring <laughs> and filtering, monitoring and filtering. I'm having a hard time with that word today. It can be used <coughs> to do a lot more powerful stuff than just keeping tabs on your students. And just as a reminder, all Windows computers still have iBoss as well as elementary Chromebooks. And, and just to say, um, we've already been to several secondary sites for training and we have the others who haven't, um, who we haven't been to on the book. So um, you will get training. And there's been some confusing confusion about what's this level two training um, on OMS. That's if you've already had the training at your site and you want a little bit more, you want to go a little bit deeper. So don't sign up for that level two unless we've already had a chance to come to your site. And, and train you guys. Yeah, and if we've been out to your site, we're kind of billing it as a demo. We'll come there, we'll show you the features, yeah. and show you what it looks like to kind of get your feet wet. Um, if you haven't seen the three of us come to demo the GoGuardian software at your school site yet, hold off on signing up for that phase two training until we do get a chance to come on out. Um, or if you're ready to just jump in full bore, like Jen mentioned on our website, we do have kind of a step-by-step -step guide. If you're feeling fairly techie and want to just kind of figure it out on your own, you could jump in there and experiment. All right. Um, I'm excited to share with you all today uh, some updates to Google Classroom. There are a few things that are new. Um, Google is really good about responding to teacher requests, and so this is one of the new pieces that they rolled out over the summer. What I'm talking about is what they call their grades page. Um, and there are two ways that you can get to that. You can actually access it from the what's called kind of the home page where all of the tiles of your different classes are. Um, you'll see at the bottom of each tile one of those, for lack of a better term, it looks like the upward trend uh, arrow that would be on a graph. Um, yeah, and so if you click on that, it'll open the gradebook for that class. Or if you're actually in a class, you can go up to the top and just click the grades tab. Um, so what's so great about the gradebook in um, Google? Well, the nice thing about it is that it allows you to see all of the assignments in one place. So no more kind of going from assignment to assignment. You can see all of them, see who's turned in what, um, what was turned in late, what the point values were that you assigned to them. You can also return all the student submissions from one place. So um, nice. if you want to yeah. be able to do that, yeah, no more kind of clicking back and forth. It gives you another place to be able to return them all at once to all of your students. Um, let's see. So, and I think I mentioned already that you would be able to view them from there. We are highly recommending that you still use Aries Gradebook, um, but know that the Google Classroom Gradebook is a nice place to kind of help you stay organized. Once you get your items returned in your Google Classroom Gradebook, then you can um, go ahead and transfer them over to your Aries Gradebook. 
Again, if you're not sure how to do that, we do have a video on our website under our tutorials page that will show you how um, Google will help to get it all into Aries very quickly. It is literally the click of a button. So um, kind of a nice feature that they've got there. The other thing that we're stressing this year is um, archiving classes. Please, please, please go in and archive your classes from last year. If you haven't done this, you'll notice that when you go into your Google Classroom, when you're on your homepage again with all of the tiles, you'll see those classes from last year still. It can get kind of messy, especially if you're using them year after year, especially if you have more than one class for each year. Um, the same thing is happening to your students. So they can still see last year's classes if you haven't archived yet. Archiving is very easy to do. From that homepage, you go to the tile, and in the top right corner, you'll see three jelly beans, those three little dots, we call them, the jelly beans. And when you click on that, that gives you the archive option. So very easy to do. By archiving a class, you're not deleting it completely. You're just removing it from that home page. To find that class, you can go up to the top again on your home page where all the tiles are. In the top left corner now, those three lines, which we so lovingly call the hamburger menu, um, lots of food options around here. The hamburger menu, if you click on that and scroll to the very bottom, is where you can find all of your archived classes. It is important to us, we feel that it is important, that you archive as opposed to deleting. Archiving your classes allows you to go back in and reuse an assignment. So really nice, once you've started using Classroom for a while, if you've got a really awesome assignment that may have two or three or maybe even four different attachments, um, maybe some very detailed directions for your students, being able to just go in and reuse the assignment is very quick and easy. All you're doing at that point is going in and editing your due date. Um, you create an assignment in your new class, reuse the assignment from another class, and you're good to go. It's super quick and easy. Um, if you absolutely positively feel like you need to delete something, they do give you that option. It is from the archived classes section. So when you're in seeing all of those, you would be able to delete from there. Um, but again, we think that it's just nice to be able to clean up your space, archive your classes for yourself and your students, and have those available to use for future reference. Um, one last piece for all of those that are on an iOS mobile device, you can now archive classes from your phone. I know yeah, it's yeah. crazy, but there are teachers out there that are controlling their Google Classrooms from their phones, whether it be when you're at home or out, um, or even walking around the classroom, you can use that. So it's nice that they've added that to the iOS system if you are looking to use it from your phone. So a no, couple of feature. updates there from Google Classroom. Um, if you're not using it, check it out. Let us let one of us know and we'll help you get it set up. Awesome. Um, I am delighted to share what I think is probably the biggest G Suite feature that they rolled out over the summer. And that is finally, after long, um, much wait for this, yes. um, Google has rolled out locked quizzes mode Woo! in Google Thank Woo! goodness. So if you've uh, heard of this before, it's been coming for a long time, it's been in beta, it is now finally live and pushed out to the general public, which means we all have access to it. And it, it's awesome. It's awesome. If you haven't heard of this before, Locked Mode basically puts your students in a secure web browser whenever they are taking a quiz that you have built using Google Forms, which I know many teachers have asked for. Um, one of the problems with giving a, a, an online assessment is instead of, hey, clear everything off your desk and here's the single <laughs> piece of paper, yeah. 
you're putting a device connected to the internet in your students' hands. So um, you hear reports of students who have you know one tab open with the quiz and then many other tabs open where they are looking up online answers what? to quiz questions. I know. No, no Blasphemy. Who would ever do that? That's so smart. By the way, GoGuardian will be a cool tool for that for the secondary. Sure. Mm -hmm. they, can, they can actually watch everybody's screen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And so, um, really, you don't, I mean, this is something people have been asking for a long time, and, and one of the reasons lots of people have been asking for something like GoGuardian is, hey, I want to be able to limit the tabs. Well, you don't even need those tools to be able to do it for a quiz now. Um, I do want to mention right here at the, um, the get-go, this is only a feature for uh, managed Chromebooks, so this isn't going to work on a Windows device, only those that have class sets of Chromebooks, and it's because, yeah. really, when you enable this mode, it does something in the Chrome operating system that uh, blocks out all the other tabs so it, it's essential to be able to get this mode to work um, but this should greatly cut down on any cheating or sourcing answers while in the middle of an assessment and make sure that assessments are true um, you know a true test of what students know and what their capabilities are so if you'd like to make use of this it's really easy to get going all you're going to do is go into google forms like you normally would um, go to the little settings gear in the upper right hand corner and you'll have those same three tabs general presentation and quizzes like always now though when you go to the quiz tab, you will notice one of the options in there is to enable locked mode on Chromebooks. So to turn it on, literally all you have to do is check, put a check mark in that checkbox, and now all of a sudden your quiz um, will be in locked mode whenever a student accesses it on one of our district Chromebook devices. So once you enable that, we recommend doing everything the way that you normally would. You're still going to go to Google Classroom. That's the way we think it's best to roll out these quizzes in your class. Um, go to Google Classroom, create an assignment, add the quiz from your Google Drive. Um, just attach it there so that when students go to Classroom, they click on that link. It takes them straight out to the quiz. And the first time you do this, what you'll notice is the whole screen on the Chromebook changes. And basically what they have is a browser window without any of the tabs across the top, without any of the menu options. It is just the quiz. It kind of goes into full screen. And then the students, uh, at that point, they only have two options. They either finish the quiz and submit it while it's in locked mode. Or um, if they want to back out of the quiz, there's a button for them to be able to back out and get out of there. And the nice part is it logs that decision for you as a teacher. So if a student does back out, if they, you know, if they get into the quiz and they back out two minutes later, um, you'll basically have a record of that. And then you can decide how you want to handle that in class, whether that's worth credit or no credit or you know, a sidebar conversation with the student. So basically what that. you're saying is it takes a whole team of genius people from Google to outsmart <laughs> our third graders. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Like, a, like all these programmers and like highly paid MIT graduates to <laughs> Yes. Nice. Okay. Well, at least for one year until they find some other loophole yeah. or some other way. Okay. Um, so obviously, you know, it's still good practice to make sure you're circulating in the classroom and making sure that students are remaining on task. This isn't going to be 100% foolproof, but it's just one extra layer that you can add in um, that will help make sure that, you know, academic integrity is there and on point in your classroom. I have a question. What if I have a quiz that I previously made? Can I go in and put it in locked mode? Absolutely. Um, it won't happen automatically. Nice. You'll have to jump into that quiz again, and before you reuse it this year, just go in and go to that quiz tab and enable locked mode. Um, but you won't have to start from scratch. It'll kind of retroactively can be applied to everything. Thank you, Google. I know. They think of everything. Right. Yeah. Um, just one more reminder. This feature only does work on managed Chromebooks. That means a Chromebook that is managed by a, um, a school district like ours. Um, so this won't 
won't apply to any classrooms that have Windows devices, um, nor will it work outside of the classroom environment. So if you're doing one of those like take-home quizzes or something like that that I know some of us do, um, the locked mode won't work when students are at home. Even if they're on a Chromebook at home, if it's not a district Chromebook, um, those features wouldn't be applied. So just something to keep in mind before you um, jump into it and start using it. Good to know. Okay. Um, workshops. For the past two years, we've held voluntary after-school workshops on Wednesdays. Uh, this year, we're structuring that program a little bit differently. We are releasing training information, um, the session information, the dates information in chunks. We're going to release that information quarterly. Uh, the first grouping will be held in August and September. And for the past two years, we've always held our after-school trainings on Wednesdays. And we know that not everyone can make a Wednesday um, training. And so we are offering various dates as well, Monday through Thursday. So um, where would you find all of this information about our, our new training schedule and the new dates? The best location to find all this information about current and upcoming after-school voluntary trainings is at our tech site, Redlands Unified Instructional Technology. Once at the site, you will see a tab that says Workshop. Click on that, and that will take you to a document that outlines the available trainings. It gives you a description of each training, the dates offered, who's presenting, and the best part, a direct link to that training in OMS. So please come to our website. There's lots of information there. Um, check it out, and that will give you all the information that you need and a link to OMS to register for workshops that you're interested in. The next posting date for um, the next group of training sessions, the October, November, December dates will be posted sometime in mid-September. So um, again, we have lots of information on our website, and this year we're really um, focusing on providing workshops for everyone and outlining all of that information right there. Nice. All right. Well, I have the pleasure of sharing with you some information about our new newsletter. Yeah. So right. we're super excited about it, um, mostly because it's fun to put together, I think. But also, we kind of pride ourselves on making sure that we get as much information as we can out to you all. So you've probably um, seen our menu that went out new this year as well. Those have been delivered to all school sites. Um, we do have the website that we've mentioned quite a bit already. And then this new piece is a newsletter that will be emailed to you monthly. Some of the things that you can find on that newsletter, um, of course, we will be highlighting some new tech tips. So just something quick and easy that will hopefully help your workflow or something that you can share with your students that will help them out. Um, so that'll be a monthly piece. We will also be highlighting the work session, the workshop sessions that Jen was referring to. Um, so again, another place for you to click to be able to get to OMS to sign up for those sessions and see what's available. Um, it will link you out to our website, which again is always being updated. So check that back, check back to that frequently. Um, and then lastly, we've put in a fun little piece. And again, I think this is the part that we like the best, a little trivia spot. So it's just for fun, um, bragging rights galore for whoever the winner is. And it is a time sensitive. So the first person to send it in and get it right will be the winner. 
And you will find out who the winner is in the next newsletter. So we definitely want to make sure that you check back and see if you got it right, number one, and if you were the winner so that you can brag to all of your friends. By the way, is there anybody who got that question wrong in the twi- trivia? Not so far. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Right? It was yeah. a good one. Yeah, that, that, was, was, a, a good that was a good start. I'll, I'll give away, we'll start all right. out with the easy ones. All right. Yeah, that'll get a little more tricky as time goes on. Um, We have had a lot of feedback so far from this, and it sounds like um, the teachers are really liking it. We love to get your feedback, and if there's something that you'd like to see in a future newsletter, shoot us an email, and we'll try to get that in there as well. Um, Again, this is information for you guys, so it is by us, but all about you. So please make sure that you check out our newsletter. All right, Jen, you know what time it is, right? That's right. It is like the lightning round, hot seat. Time for the lightning round. So the way that this works is we always have our special guest in the hot seat. Um, We put one minute on the clock, and they've got a full minute to answer as many rapid-fire questions as they can. Jen, you're all prepped and ready to go with the questions, right? Ready to go, yep. All right. I'm going to put one minute on the clock, and here we go. Regarding salsa, do you prefer mild, medium, or hot? Hot. Where did you attend college? UC Riverside. Do you, did you watch the Women's Cup this summer? I did. Okay. Favorite junk food? Burritos. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate celery? Four. Ooh, nice. Ooh, okay. Strong rating. Um, if you could meet anyone, living or dead, who would you meet? JFK. Nice. My father would, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you watch American football? Yes. Okay. What is your favorite team? Rams, baby. Woo! <laughs> okay. Sweet or savory? Uh, Sweet. Name one of the seven dwarfs. Oh, God. Sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) What chore do you despise doing? Laundry. Yeah. What are you in the birth order? Oldest, youngest? Only. Only. Okay. Dog or cat person? Dog. Name a country you want to visit. Australia. And what kind of dog? Uh, Doberman. All right, one minute is up. Thank you so much for right playing on. and jumping in the hot seat. <laughs> well, that's a wrap, folks. We want to thank our guest, Superintendent Ariano, again for spending time with us today. And as always, keep those innovative ideas coming, and maybe one day we'll be knocking on your door to be a guest on our podcast. This is our USD Ed Tech signing off. I'm your host. Dang it. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean is. Which does the filtering and moderate, mon, moderating, monitoring? Yeah. Did I get it right? Yeah. Monitoring. Yeah. Okay. Multi-syllabic <laughs> word there. I had to practice. Kind of like alligator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all that, that filtering and monitoring. Come on, people. Come on. Oh, they got it at home. We Everybody's got you. Laughing. We got, yeah. 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 Me laughing. All right. Sorry, Jim. Okay. <laughs> I'm next. Oh. It's Salmonella. Monday. Sam Monday. Sam Monday. Sam Monday. Oh, Perry Not to be um, confused with Salmonella. It's like iBoss. Yeah, I was just, I was just <laughs> doing like a pause in case you wanted to like cut something out and we start over oh. because you know I couldn't like. Dead space. Do the, yes.